Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com and use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit. Endo decoded report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestion, endo aligned product matching in your state, suggested dosage guidelines, and optimum methods of administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeka soft gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeka Unwind created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. What's up, everyone? It's 2 p.m. on a Wednesday afternoon, which means you're tuning in to Cannabis Legalization News. I'm producer Lauren. Today, we're going to be speaking with Chef Jasmine Moore, founder of Green Panther Chef. She's going to be talking a little bit about cooking with cannabis. So if you're going to be bringing something to a potluck or you're in charge of the Christmas menu this season, you're going to want to tune in for that. But first, we do have to get into a little bit of Cannabis Legalization News. So what's going on, Miggy and Tom? Hey. 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 Did you hear what happened in uh, Michigan? Oh. Oh, good. You're already being let, me, uh, let me remove that from the screen. And I want, uh, I, want, I want to just take a small moment to point out how I uh, forgot to turn on the, um, the do not disturb. And, and people like to call me um, more often than I would like. And so, uh, you know, God forbid I'd be able to do a podcast without getting a phone call 2 p.m. on a Wednesday. But what do you think about that news out of Michigan, how they're recalling vapes? You would think, uh, first off, I, I would say the manufacturers, you know, whoever's producing these cartridges, you, if you're not following the news and know already, seriously, two months ago that the vitamin E acetate, no, they banned new. the vitamin E acetate not two months ago, uh, about a month, November 22nd, the MRA, the Marijuana Regulatory Agency in uh, Detroit, not Detroit, I'm sure there's an office there, but it's the state of Michigan, yeah. uh, said that they are going to now start banning. Uh, vitamin E acetate. But I mean, if you're in a business, I mean, don't you constantly, because this was in question already by the CDC, you know, a couple months ago before even the, the, the states took a... Oh, yeah, a, but come on. Michigan doesn't know how to do anything, right? If, of course, I'm prejudiced against Michigan. I used to work for a law firm out there. Um, and it's too bad. You know, they had General Cart's Honey Nut Cheerios. Yeah, that doesn't... Tricks, Captain, and Cocoa Puffs. It's not like they're trying to market this to children at all. Well, and then the other part of that is the um, there are actually I think those are uh, state brands, right? Like sold in. No, the state. I don't think that uh, I'd have to ask uh, Scott Roberts on that just to see how they go about it. But I don't think that they have like state liquor stores or state pot stores. I think the it's all private out there. Well, what I, but I mean by state, I mean uh, it was made in that state by uh, like oh, someone. someone right. in that yeah, industry. it was like it looks like it's a legitimate um, area. 
in the sense yeah. that it doesn't look like it was coming from the black market. It looks like it was coming from uh, the actual, you know, regulatory regulated stores, so state recalls. I mean, like it's not like you can do a recall from a black market, you know. Yeah, and that's that's where I think uh, it's both a failing and a win if you think about it, because they caught something, right? And mm-hmm. uh, this proves that uh, regulation does work. You know, just like and, and at least with this kind of regulation, when it comes to like actual, my point of view is lab testing is plant regulation. And if we just do a flat evenly require that kind of regulation, we're good to go. But of course, we're going to have taxes and shit. So, oh man, as soon as they find out they can tax it, you know, that's what they want to do. But then did you hear about like Chicago saying like, hey, let's do this. But no, let's not. Yeah. What's up with your mayor? She wants to do a grow. But then uh... my mayor, I can't vote for her. I, I, according to where I live, it's uh, the middle of the cornfields. And so uh, my mayor is a heck of a guy. I know him. He lives like down the rock block. I, I live in a village of like 4,000 people, you know? Uh, um, so yeah, Lightfoot wants to have Chicago own its own, uh, grow its own pot and weed co-op, which makes me wonder like, can, can they, does the statute even provide that they're able to do this? I don't know. Um, if she What's does say it's a very, very expensive to, business to get into. That's... Uh, <laughs> That's true. It is a so, very expensive business to get into. But if, if, if it's a so here in Washington, actually, a uh, little tidbit, we have a, uh, a city owned pot shop. Uh, yeah, they, they, that's a remnant of the state owned liquor stores. Uh, and then Canada no, no, no. also no, no, has this, this is legit owned like it's a utility for the for the city. I like how uh, cannabis is a public good in Washington state. We could learn a lot <laughs> from Washington state. Cannabis Just is a public good. But just this one city, though. I mean, this one city, the mayor, uh, uh, he's friends, I'm friends with him. And uh, uh, I truly became friends with him because of this. You know, he thought he saw the new 502 industry. Mm-hmm. He said, why can't we own a shop? And then it doesn't make a huge bunch of revenue. Uh, it pays for itself pretty much. But it does supply, uh, I believe, like six living wages to people. You know, it's not like the water utility where it's pulling in all this extra revenue. It's especially in the 502 cannabis industry. No one's really making uh, a ton of money out here yet, except for the yep. stores. You know, the stores are the winners. Some stores are. I mean, that's one of the reasons why the light, Mayor Lightfoot, Mayor of Chicago, wants to actually get into the growing industry because she says that's the most lucrative aspect of it. Uh, and it may be simply because it's the least onerously taxed. Because, mm-hmm. you know, in Illinois, we you have to pay the privilege tax to grow weed, but you're creating the cost of good. You're in the could, cog, so you don't have the IRC 280E problems. Could they uh, do something like on a vocational sense where they're providing opportunity for the citizens of saying, okay, we're going to be a state-owned? Well, they would still have to be issued the licensed. And so I don't mm-hmm. recall anything in the statute that says a municipality cannot be on an application. So that would be interesting, though, to try to see, well, who's your principal officer then if it's the state? Um, yeah. Why can't you own a shop in my garage? Uh, there's a lot of reasons why you can't own a weed shop in your garage, dude. There shouldn't be, though. Yes, yes, there should. Yeah. It is a fungible good that people will exchange money for, you know? And so yeah. it, it's just kind of like, you know, hey, should I be allowed to sell moonshine out of my garage? Nope. I really shouldn't. You know, it's uh, public safety, you know? Hell- you know, here in Washington, with the, with the home grow issue, you know, our, our comparison is home brews. Mm-hmm. And you're entitled to if if you even distilled spirits. So that's how we look at it too. It's like, look, uh, if we can create, uh, um, you know, first off, lower level. Let me just grow a couple plants at home, 
And then the next step would be if I want to create concentrates. Well, then I'll have to apply for a license there, right? Well, then okay, that's that, that's the thing, though. Like, what is the difference between personal and commercial use? And so that is all over the law. Uh, there is a huge cleavage between uh, what is a consumer debt and what is a commercial debt, uh, for example. And so if it's business, you can contract for it and you know, it's a lot more freewheeling. But if you're a consumer, you're a lot more protected. Uh, and so as soon as you become a business in that you know, cultivation, growing a few plants in your basement into you know, selling it at the farmer's market or whatever, that's when the, the regulations can start to come into play. Yeah, I, well... Or should, in theory. I mean, like they've they've banned the the absolute home grow, but uh, at least the medical patients are going to have it for access to medicine purposes. And they have the same thing in Washington. I mean, you guys have home grow for medical patients. Yeah, no, I understand your division as far as like uh, uh, if you're going to create something for money or, or extra revenue. But we also have like kind of like I would say that's where our craft market is at is uh, with the home brew. I can brew a little bit and actually sell it at a, a farmer's market you know i'm not pulling no, in. Need a liquor license yeah you need see, some type of license so like yeah there's always well, yeah. going to be some type of license and like right now uh, i don't believe the municipalities would be able to create their own types of cannabis cultivation licenses and allow stuff that the state wouldn't but what is the state going to come in and shut them down if they try to create their own cannabis co-op is that what they're going to try to do or are they going to try to get their own cannabis uh cultivation license themselves well now the question is with that same uh even though the mayor is in agreement apparently it seems the city council isn't yeah what's up with that you know like let's go to the other things chicago city council chicago city council committee narrowly votes to delay recreational pot sales so, so what are they smoking? An, a Chicago alderman is a step closer to delaying legal weed within the city limits until summer of 2020 in a narrow 10 to 9 vote. The city council on contracting oversight and equity, so it must be a, a committee, uh, said that they are going to uh, be this delay would make Illinois' largest city the uh, out of step with the rest of the state when recreational marijuana sales become legal on January 1st. And not that I really like how that last sentence was written, but. I'm not writing that paper. Um, well, then Lauren posted the Black Caucus. I don't know if that's who's behind the, the holdup or. Uh, what is but, the blockage? Is they who's not getting their beat wet? Who? What do you think it is? What do you think? <laughs> why are they holding it up? Okay, we were repeatedly asked the members of the Black Caucus to devise a strategy that addresses equity. That's oh, so that's they, what we're looking at. They want more equity. Crossing our arms and walking away as a tactic. Yada yada. Now, I don't recall anything in the statute that said that you're allowed to have like reasonable time, manner, place and equity restrictions on a municipal level. So yeah. if I don't know, well, uh, but, you know they can do whatever they want. They might just get sued. Yeah. But with the more equity side of things, I think that they're making a bad play. They should let it come into play first. And then well, you yeah, can seriously like I'm representing heck of a I mean, they, uh, the diversity is coming. And if the social equity points are out there, there's going to be completely 100 percent minority owned businesses, woman owned businesses. Those applications are coming. And yeah. then uh, why you don't trust what the state has put together? You don't think that the state's uh, ability to be able to inject social equity into the actual application licensing process is enough? Is that you know, it, it seems like you guys have enough people that are willing to be involved in the actual initiative stuff. So I think you can always go back and correct it. You know, here in Washington. Uh, are you kidding? I, no, but like, what, what, you know, what, 
like yeah but okay chicago if you are the alderman responsible for chicago not getting weed on january 1st are you even gonna re uh, win re-election like seriously that's how yeah. secure is this person in his council seat or alderman seat i just can't wait till you guys uh actually get into play and then see how i mean hopefully it doesn't hold up your guys's well at least chicago but everybody else will be fine <laughs> but you know i'm really curious about the dc market the DC market, you Washington, mean Washington DC? Yeah, I didn't think. Well, I thought the DC market, and to the extent that it does exist, is just kind of there. Like it's legal to grow, right? Or is oh, it legal to medical grow? Or it's legal to give away too. Like it's legal to give like, away, yeah. But like as soon as you start like dealing in this stuff, you might get into some problems. Well, that's why you have three dollars stickers. I love my thirty dollars stickers. So, my last one that I got came with an ounce of weed. I'm just well, saying, maybe a couple of grams. Yeah. <laughs> where, where are you buying weed at, Mexico? Oh man, maybe, <laughs> maybe Mexico in 1973, right? Well, I mean, I used to be able to get 120 dollar quarter pounds, dude. So, I mean, it was a thing. Nope, they're not. I nope, mean, it was I have good. never ever in the history of Illinois heard of a 120 dollar quarter pound. But um, maybe one day, I guess. I, I don't know. Let's see how much of this stuff we can grow. Damn right. <sighs> so yeah, those were some pretty interesting news stories. I really hope that Chicago. Seriously, that would be such a buzzkill that if in less than two weeks, there's nowhere to buy weed in Chicago. Well, except for it's patients, right? Oh, that's right. That's well, that's a different law. I mean, like, so the the, the federal, I'm sorry, the, the, the adult use law has nothing to do with the medical law. They are treated mostly separately. I mean, there may be some insignificant overlaps, but, you know, not really. And then evidently, that would be one that I'd enjoy to see and i guess i'll be able to see it practically speaking in a couple more weeks uh because the uh the adult use law in illinois has said that you have preference to medical patients so mm -hmm. if i'm a medical patient and i go into like any dispensary as opposed to the one particular medical dispensary that i'm uh hitched to because they assign you to a medical dispensary probably because they're trying to make sure that you don't go over your supply limits i'm not yeah. sure uh so anyway can I go into uh, an adult use dispensary and show my medical card and hop the line? That's, I mean, that just sounds a little presumptuous in the sense that, like, every other patient's going to be going through the line, too. So how do you – I mean, it's still going to be the same fucking line. If anything, they just give you a discount for, yeah. you know. Is, and, is, there, uh, is there a discount involved? Uh, hang on, man. Who wants to pay 89 for an eighth? I think <laughs> you're going to pay more than that. I, I wouldn't surprise – because, like, right now, if I'm paying 60 for an eighth uh, at medical prices – without all that tax that's already built into it. And you have to, for that same eighth, you'd have to pay like 25% tax. So, you know, let's say it was a $50 one. All right, well, 25% tax and 50 is 1250. All right, so now we're up to 62. And then uh, you'd also have to pay the state sales tax uh, plus the municipal, uh, the municipal tax. So that's like another 13%. So add that on top of it. Uh, it's going to be, no, well, maybe $89 might be the price of an eighth. We'll have to wait and see on that. But then but for know, medical, it, it lower tax. It, it's just going to be like when you go into uh, Colorado to buy and there's those two prices. Okay. Well, that's the way it should be. It, it, as far as the $89 eighth, you know, the argument for that, uh, you know, for recreational markets is uh, honestly, dude, uh, fuck, 15 years ago when I was in Arizona, uh, you know, always the cannabis connoisseur. Um, I was this is the same place where I was buying $120 quarter pounds. Obviously, it was not quality weed. Um, I met a guy through Xbox Live and uh, uh he was able to get me a, a quality eighth, but I paid like 200 for this fucking thing, dude. Um, a quality eighth for 200 that's insane. For, no, yeah, eighth well, of weed. 
it was before there was medical in Arizona and uh, the cartels in Arizona, uh, their primary money was cannabis. So wow. at the time, um, uh, the laws were harder and cannabis in Arizona than they are for like cocaine or whatnot. It was easier for me to get cocaine and all kinds of other shit than it was for me to get weed in Arizona. That's crazy. Yeah. That crazy. And that's why Talk about wrong priorities. Well, the, the, the wrong priorities because the cartels were so pushing that weed through because more people consume cannabis voluntarily, right? That's their, their market. The fact that we've legalized it in so many States, we fucked up their, their income. Like, this is still a thing that we're winning. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, so back to that $89 eight though, you're paying for safety. You're paying for pure. Yeah. You pay for uh, uh selection. Now, yeah. I mean, then that's a great thing, right? You, you don't want to always pay the $89 eighth. You're going to have your black market access still, I hope, mm-hmm. but oh, if anything, it'll go up. Yeah. Yeah. I just say, you know, it's not all bleak. This it's just okay yeah. to have, that's true, man. You know, but what, you know what really I'm, I'm kind of happy about uh, for this episode? Uh, Lauren did a great job doing a new, like, background with uh, Potley Fart. No, no, that's pretty dope. I that is it. awesome. Yeah, thank you, Lauren. And I think we should uh, uh, bring our guests on board to, to, to I think we, accentuate uh, the background. Yeah, hey, that looks looking good. <laughs> that's yeah. what's going on? Hey, how are you? Good. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, Green Panther Chef, please? Green Panther Chef, we're a full-service cannabis catering company. That's how we started in Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C.? Yes. All right. Hey, why don't you kind of help us understand the very confusing uh, and conflicting laws when it comes to cannabis in Washington, D.C.? Oh, okay. So I'll attempt. So it's definitely a gray area for sure, but we have something called Initiative 71. Okay. And so what that is, it's a very gray area for all of us. And so what it looks like in order for you to get cannabis is a gifting process. So how you were talking about the stickers, you'll buy a sticker or a card or something like this for $35 and you'll get an eighth, you know, or you'll get a pack of gummies or you'll get something like that. Because it cannot be a direct exchange for money in cannabis. Interesting. Yeah. Now, is that specifically in the law? It's like no money for cannabis. Yeah. It's like, no, it's not a direct exchange. Okay. But it is what you can consume and that you can not yeah, when you sell can it, consume, it's a very So like you're idea. able to, do you get like a magic butter machine and do your own extractions and create your own dishes? And uh, tell us about your, your business. Yeah. So as far as for myself, yeah, definitely. So my background, I'll go back a little bit, give you some context. But my background, I am a chef. I graduated in 2006 from culinary college. And then also I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease the exact same year. And so what that looked like was me dropping down, I'll give you a very short story, but that what that looked like was dropping down to like 84 pounds and being um, on five medications. And so with food and cannabis, I'm no longer on any of the pharmaceutical medications and I exclusively use um, food and cannabis. And so Green Panther Chef, it looks like cannabis catering. That's how we started in um, 2017 after Initiative 71. We were doing it under a different name for a while, but then we actually kind of, you know, made it a real business after um, um, Initiative 71. So I do a lot of cooking classes and then we also have a line of CBD products as well. Interesting. So your entire pills, all of them, all your pharmaceutical drugs 
All of them. I mean, on, I was on Pregnizone, Nifrex, Humira, Zantac. I mean, I was taking injections in my leg every single day. I was on steroids. Did, did I mean, these doctors, when they diagnosed you, did they ever mention cannabis? No, absolutely not. So what happened after I dropped down to like 84 pounds, you know, um, people were like, what's going on, Jasmine? I'm very a vibrant person. Mm -hmm. I'm upbeat. My mother came to me. And said, have you ever heard of cannabis? And I'm like, yeah, of course I've heard of cannabis, you know? <laughs> I've been saying but no to that since 1980, mom. Yeah. But I was like, no, I do not want to be sick and I do not want to be stoner, too. Mm. Like, coming from D.C., it's just like a certain perception. So mm -hmm. I was like, no, I do not want that whatsoever. Oh, you and had your own prejudice toward the plant. Absolutely. Yeah. I was, yeah. In the very beginning, I was kind of like, you know what? I'm not sure about that. Just because of the whole stigma around it. But I was introduced to a naturopathic doctor. And he knew so much information about cannabis. And then he referred me to someone, um, Dr. well, Dr. Rafael Michella. Like a lot of his case studies, a lot of his information that talks about gut flora and how cannabis, certain strands kind of produce gut flora. They and do? That's, yeah. And that's the reason why I have this issue. I mean, with leaky gut syndrome, that's just a stepping stone, mm. you know, to ulcers and IBS and Crohn's disease. And the oh, whole my. Yeah. Anti-inflammation. So, like, is that what it helps with or how does it work? I mean, cannabis... For me, absolutely anti-inflammatory. Um, and it's an anti-inflammatory. Mm -hmm. So I'm very specific on the strands that mm -hmm. I look at. Okay. So things that are very high in beta carotene. You know, they have oh, really? high terpene. Yeah, very high terpene pro profile of beta carotene. Myrcene sometimes, depending on how I'm feeling. You know, okay. um, mm -hmm. you know, if you want to upper, of course, you want to do so something the like beta carotene. That one's more like if you guys ever smell your weed, and you should. Uh, that's more of that skunky smell and the yes. peppery smell. Yeah. And so, and then with the myrcene, that's more of an earthy smell. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, uh, that one's a lot the very popular in uh, industrial hemp. So the hemp flower that you guys are smoking, that probably has a high myrcene content. And so do like a lot of the indicas, but, mm -hmm. uh, the caryophene or sometimes like this is one of the things that I have problems with terpenes is because they're big words and you read them and then very few people know them. Yeah. But yes. It's like everybody. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm saying it wrong. But, and no, you're uh, so yeah. right. Right. Well, oh, I was just, I was sorry. I was going to say that. I'm glad that he brought up the smell. Like as you, as a chef, uh, uh, I know people are always, when I ever watch a, a show about cooking or whatnot or in cannabis and knowing your body, it's always about smell. And if you're, your body tells you, hey, I like this one, uh, and, and you want this one, you mm -hmm, know? Mm -hmm. Your body tells it all. Yeah. That's for sure. I mean, like, I use a lot of things that are high in beta carotene, like I said, because it's an anti-inflammatory, and then the mercine as far as for pain management. Mm. You know, if you're dealing with Crohn's disease or any type of gastrointestinal, it's a lot of pain, you know, as far as in, like, the gut region. So you really want to, like, soothe that by using, like, strain alignment. Yeah, yeah. And then when within those terpenes and those strains, uh, what uh, do you have a, a special flavor most associated, a favorite one? You know, like mm -hmm. uh, it's always Italian food. Is that your go to or, you know, what, what do you do? So if I put it into my food? Yeah. I, so it's very I really like um, salad. This is so crazazy because it can be versatile. Yeah. And people are like, what? When you say that. Right. But <laughs> I really enjoy it because um 
you can just add different things to it. I really like a salad dressing. And this is how I was introduced to it, was a salad dressing by using a mm. fermented mustard. Mm-hmm. I would do like purple cabbage, extra virgin olive oil. And I would use, um, ext- of course, extract the, um, the cannabis with using the extra virgin olive oil. Okay. And so I would use that and use a little bit of vinegar as well. So you're getting like those probiotics. And yeah, I so you were eating, you're eating like vegetables and those vegetables, and, from my understanding of how probiotics work, that's what the little things eat like in your guts to help you make the good stuff. And putting it all together, you yeah, know, yeah. And so I really talk to clients about just like that whole entire strand alignment and how you don't have to use these big words like beta carophylline. You can also yeah. use carrots because it's found in carrots. You know, mm-hmm. you can also use like pine or lemons. Limonene is right. found, in, found in lemons. And yeah. so when you start to familiarize, you know, and show people like this is at the grocery store, cannabis is yeah. a lot more approachable, you know, and so yeah. that's how I work with a lot of my people. And then the terpenes really have that ability to do that because it's open. They're 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 all over the place in plants, you know. Yes, yes, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Like I'm actually doing a class later on today, just on the whole entire um, strand alignment, terpenes, how they're found in nature, and then wine. Of course, it's going to be like a little happy hour situation. Yeah. But so what yeah. do, what do you mean by strain alignment? How how what are, how are you using that word? So when I talk about strain alignment, I talk about really the alignment of um, terpenes, the C or the cannabinoids and then also the issue that you're trying to pinpoint. So when I'm talking about, um, let's say, pain management, I talk about that a lot. I say, that okay, so if you're dealing with pain, try to look for something that's found in nature. So let's look at myrcene, all right? So you want to use a strand that is higher in myrcene. Let's use something that's like mangoes, you know, by using a smoothie or something, and then see how that regulates your pain, you know? And so these are the things that I talk about as far as just like finding strands that actually help with the issue that you're dealing with. And then also finding food as well that helps with the issue that you're dealing with as well. Do you have a method of identifying, say, uh, uh, your ailment and like uh, when you try this uh, different strain to, to, to try and put two and two together? Do you have a method for that? So a lot of it is journaling, like when I started. And so Yes, trial and error. I do have like a little back knowledge of just like, hey, check these things out. But everybody's body is different. So I'm not a doctor, you know, so I can't say, hey, you do this and then this will happen. So it's more so about just like keeping a journal. This is what happened for me. Hey, just see what happens for you. Yeah, no, I think the journal is the important part of everybody's experience. And whether recreational or patient, I mean, uh, even somebody like, you know, myself, who's been smoking for over 20 years and now I've had the luxury of five, the past five years of it, having labels. Even then, I, I don't consistently buy the same stuff because I'm still in Wonderland. I've been like, oh, a new strain. Oh, yes. you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that's awesome. But the, the journal. Goes. So do you guys have uh, supper clubs out there, too? Uh, is that what you how do you do any like cannabis dinners for people or what? It's a lot. So, yeah, we do a lot of cannabis dinners. We go into people's home and create edible experiences. That's the whole entire spiel. You is know? that how you get around from the direct transfer of money for cannabis? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. we're putting it in food. I mean, it's yeah. the seasoning. Yeah. <laughs> it's right. like black pepper. They're buying <laughs> the food. They are buying, They're the, buying the Exactly. Yeah. And this is what I kind of say inside of our language. Like the cannabis is free. 
Like you're paying right. for our services and the food. But you only like have like a limit. Like, so you have a jurisdiction that you can't go outside. Sorry, we're not there yet. We can't. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so what's interesting is that a lot of people are coming to us. And so that's Ooh, really cool. exciting. I can't wait. Yeah. I, next lobby days, we got to stop in. Yeah, like, you know? <laughs> a lot of people. And so they're, they're renting Airbnbs and wow. stuff like that. Because we do operate out of a commercial kitchen. Okay. But... um. Yeah, because like Illinois, no, you uh, well, how the law is, you know, if you were going to you're the closest license that you would be in right now is like an infuser license by infusing the cannabinoids into food products. Mm -hmm. But then you need to prepackage it. You need to wrap it. You need to have it all dosed, childproof, mm -hmm. and then shipped to the dispensary. Talk about a buzzkill. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. It's all stale and dry after. Mm -hmm. after. Yeah, those cookies have never uh, been good. You know that. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I think Tom though, once you guys start your recreational, there's gonna be that one person like Chef Jazz who's a pioneer that says, you know what, I'm gonna work around the laws and, and, and have a dinner and invite people, friends. And I'm charging for the food. I'm inviting my friends for right. 50 bucks a month, you know, whatever yes, it yes. is. I mean, Chef, you're on the edge. You're you're doing a thing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to see your success for like, the past two years you've been in business. Yeah, yeah. About three years actually in March next year. Yeah. How do you handle the customer interaction on edibles? Because that's Ooh. something that everybody's really scared of. It's one thing to smoke a joint. It's another thing to do edibles, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Relate to them. I mean, I talk about my story a lot because it is relatable. And then also I talk about micro dosing. A oh, lot. And then, yeah, low and slow mm. is the way to do it. Like mm. I had some college kids come to me and they were like, mm. I want to do micro dosing. Uh, this is some sweet relief. It's just five milligrams per like Jolly Rancher, like small Jolly Ranchers. Exactly. And that's all you really need. And people think that you really have to be stoned. I did a um a, a post that said you don't have to be high to be healthy. Yeah, you know, right. it's really like you, you don't need that much. Well, and I always say it's not that I get high, I get balanced, you know? Exactly. Yeah, it's like a, like like vitamin C, you know, back in the day when people go out to sea and they learn that, oh, we need to carry oranges with us because people get sick from lack of vitamin C. I just say I got the lack of vitamin THC. In yep, exactly. yeah. <laughs> you know? I call people cannabinoid deficient. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. I say that a lot. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> sure. Have uh, you ever had anybody at your party who uh, um, probably had a little too much was like, all right, I'm done with the Doritos. I need to curl up in the ball here and call it a good and so actually no because i hear so many bad stories yeah. i'm very like i was going to touch on it someone called me and said they want to do a party with 300 milligrams per person oh wow and i'm like okay no if you do it right you don't need any more than 20 milligrams like i mean some people some people could do 40 but those people are usually professionals yeah well, they, then, yeah, they weren't. It was just like a 21st birthday. Just, oh, I mean, it was like... Oh, yeah, yeah these guys, down. they also planned on drinking a whole bottle of vodka. It's yeah. one of those plans. They're idiots. Exactly. They're, they're kids. Like, no, yeah. no, right. no, 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 no. <laughs> when you plan your dinners, I'd imagine, because uh, one of my favorite shows was the first season of uh, uh, Bong Appetit, and uh, uh, I learned about how like the CBD component counteracted the THC because that was the, they were very big on that. Like, hey, this one's gonna get you high first, and then this one's gonna bring you a level you out. Mm -hmm. Do you do a lot of that then? Yeah, I mean, so definitely I balance out really with my meals. So sometimes I'll say fifty milligrams, but that's more so of a balance of THC and CBD as well. So I'm talking about that whole entire component. And the reason why I do that is because it's more of a smoother ride. Mm -hmm. I feel. 
you know. Yeah, because you can get a little more. too paranoid if you get too much THC. Yep. But that's CBD just like, nah, I'm good. It I'm just good. levels. Yeah. It's just a yeah. good ride. Like you feel it on the spike and then you just kind of like ride mm. it out later. So I really like mixing. the. Like I'll go up 250 by mixing both. But mm -hmm. yeah, I like doing around like 35. Do you find the CBDs the 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 most beneficial for your for your uh, your gastro for your Crohn's or do you need a two to one? I need one? both. Yeah, one one. Yeah, one one. Yeah, one to one. Yeah, I find if I just use too much uh, regular weed, and by regular weed I mean like THC, mm -hmm. uh, I can get a little a little paranoid. Well, not necessarily paranoid, but just a little more edgy, a little yeah. bit more anxious. And yeah. so then the CBD really does help balance that out a lot. And they do terpenes like so. I went to a party. This is one of the most brilliant parties ever I ever saw, where they had water, um, uh, you know, uh, like spouts, whatever. But they were flavored with uh, terpenes. Like one was Blue Dream, another one was, uh, and they had that nice terpene flavor. Do you do stuff like that? Not inside of water. No, yeah. I don't play around with water. Not too much. You usually use uh, olive oil as your uh, solvent for the extractions. So I use a lot of extra virgin olive oil spices primarily that mm. I do use teas, a lot of, I have a conscious condiment line is what I call, call it. So it's like honeys, mustards, hot, mm. salt, hot sauces, extra virgin olive oil, stuff for like everyday use. Sweet. Is that stuff on the market? Do you have infused? Or? Uh, yeah, I actually have it in retail stores on the East Coast here. Nice. Where are you guys located? I'm in uh, the middle of a cornfield and uh, yeah. I'm in Seattle. <laughs> In Seattle. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, yeah. So, like, um, we are actually in a few retail stores that we do product demos and stuff like that. That's dope. Around, so. Cool. Yeah, I mean, that's that's awesome. It, it So, the uh, you're able to get out into those stores more, and I'm assuming the reason for that is because you're using industrial hemp for your infusion and mm -hmm. not uh, THC cannabis. No, no. Okay. And we test and provide all of, like, the information that stores right. get. Did you get your comments into the USDA yet? I already submitted. Yeah, I Good. was on top of Good. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those were some crummy regulations. And I'm like, hey, man. And then not only that, like, you're in Washington, D.C. So, like, you could see these guys and be like, Mitch. Fuck. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> you're all over here saying like hemp this, hemp that, and you're like, you know you what? You would think it would be that easy. Yeah. You would think it no, but it isn't. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. We have to make our voices heard. That's how yep. I feel. You know, that's it. I mean, yeah. like this industry didn't come this far in five years just to have somebody unplug it, and just exactly. and especially if that somebody's pharmaceutical drugs, because mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Absolutely. You do you do all your own infusions then with those products that you have on, on board then? All of them, yes. Nice. Them. I mean, my team and I, but yes. Right. Mm -hmm. But it comes to your hands. You see the, yes. the, the flower come in. You're like, all right. I... Absolutely. Nice. I've seen farms physically looked at it. Yeah. Definitely. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, they even separated that in Illinois. So, like, maybe then if you had the infuser license, you can only get the raw material, right? Mm -hmm. And you're not allowed to make your own infusion or extractions. So mm -hmm. I don't even think you'd be able to do like a magic butter machine uh, <laughs> if you had an infuser license, but we'll have to wait and see what the rules say. However, it looks like if you wanted to do those extractions, you'd have to have a cultivation license. So then you'd have to, as the infuser, have like a personal relationship with the company that you're going to buy the raw materials from mm -hmm. and then have them extracted however you would like to and then insert it into whatever food product you want or beverage or lotion or however you want to infuse the th mm -hmm. yeah. so everyone has a hand in the pot 
Yeah. Is, is, yep. okay. uh, Tom, is Illinois putting the kibosh on CBD stuff as well? Like, say, like, because she's ever importing the federal it. government put the kibosh on the CBD stuff with the total THC uh, limitation, but that's that that crop year is not until 2021. So next right. year, it looks like it'll kind of be the Wild West last year. Uh, and then, um, you see, the, the way a lot of these states write the laws is they point to the federal laws. And a lot of the states that didn't grow hemp were punting and waiting for these federal rules to come out. And so now Illinois has to put together their own plan that would comply with the US, USDA regulations. And I think that's one of these new laws that they put out. I can't believe I, I, the name of it slips my mind, you know, the Safe CBD Act of Illinois or something. Mm. And the reason for that would then be so that when you're growing these crops, they would comply with what the Fed said. But the USDA rules are only good for two years. And so hopefully in two years, Sonny Purdue and the boys aren't running the show no more. And it's like Bernie Sanders socialist pot fueled craziness. And uh, and all these things are repealed. That would be the that would just be great. But yeah, but with someone like Chef Jazz, be able to do business in Illinois under her present uh she yeah. she would be able she'd be able to do it with industrial hemp and i think yeah. there's a lot of high quality industrial hemp outdoor grown in illinois that could make beautiful infusions and and great dishes because there was a, it was a big hemp crop uh some cuz we had a crappy like weather year but some people had some really good hemp flour so yeah i think you could with that and then okay. we still have the total thc limits in um you know illinois so Facebook user asks, do you need a license to teach others how to infuse or to conduct cannabis cooking classes? No, actually, I have a class that I'm putting together that's going to that's license great. other people. And so, I'd say yeah. that you almost have a First Amendment right for that one because you're yeah. teaching a class. Exactly. You know? When I saw <laughs> you're, yeah, if you are in your chef's, and we'll help you out with the YouTube studio, the chef's YouTube studio's home, uh, home studio of Washington, D.C., you could be using legit cannabis mm -hmm. and uh, it's broadcasting that on the internet to anybody who wants to pay twenty nine ninety five to learn how to make your great dishes, something like that, you know? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. It's not a problem. That's the beauty of it. You know, that's the beauty of being in this area. I know a lot right. of people are going through a lot, but mm. yeah. When I saw that you, uh, with your cooking, you also like to cook with the flour itself. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, as far as pressing rosin, I like doing that. I like doing a rosin. I like doing um spices. Okay. A lot. Teas, primarily. Um, like I said, doing um, a lot of extra virgin olive oils using the whole flour. Mm. I don't like, like to use concentrates so much unless I'm doing something where I can control the process, like I said, with a rosin or something like that. Hmm. So you know, the rosin, that's like the, the live stuff. That's the, the thing that really is the least processed. There's no distillation on that. You really are just pressing it. Yeah, and I really think that it's a beauty in that because you're getting all that you need out of the plant. I mean, yeah. I think that it's great with the CBD and the isolates and all of that stuff. But when you take away everything else that came with the plant, I just think that um, the human interaction, we're losing yeah. everything that it could be. And then that's when you're making it more of a pharmaceutical drug. Yeah, exactly. So like with Epidiolex, that's not... Uh, live rosin hemp flour. It's not, mm -hmm. it's not that, it's a totally different extraction. You know, the Epidiolex is just CBD. Is it a just the chemical? Just I, thought, CBD. I thought it was a lab component. Uh, I'm not sure if they make Epidiolex by growing industrial hemp and then isolating the CBD, mm. or if they just isolate CBD through some other chemical activity. But yeah. the, the Epidiolex drug is just that chemical. Huh. 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's always an imbalance. I look at flowers yes. sometimes when I think of um, when I smoke flowers, a little bit more higher in CBD content. You know, it's just, like I said, I'm always a one-to-one. When I mix both of those together, I really enjoy it a lot more. You know, I feel really stoned when I feel like I do a whole J of just THC flour, you know? You know, yeah. and then I yeah. also feel like not enough when I just do CBD. So it's just mm. like a good mix. Oh, for sure. And knowing your balance and those strands, too. What's, uh, what's your favorite uh, uh, means of cooking then as, as a chef? What, do you have any uh, um, like favorite things that you like to do in the kitchen? Are you a, uh, what are those, like the high-tech people with the, the... All of like the nitros and yeah. all that stuff like that? <laughs> yeah. So I can play around. How gastropubly like is this? So I'm very, I like gastropub. Like definitely I love to do things that are um, like a meld in, in between the two. A lot of people ask me this question. They say, what type of chef are you? And I can't say that I really run down a certain lane. I can't say, mm-hmm. oh, I'm an American chef. I really, I've traveled around a lot. I'm trained in French cooking. Mm-hmm. And so I really do use those techniques, you know, and like I'm very um, meticulous in how I execute yeah. my dishes. But then I also would take like a traditional Mediterranean like dish, like a tangine. But then I will also mix that with something that's like very Mexican by putting hominy in it you know or corn and just like playing around you know with so what do you have i mean this is december this is a fairly uh eat heavy month you know because you have yes. new years and you also have christmas so what, what's cooking in the kitchen this month a lot of stews it's a lot Ooh. you would be um since holidays are coming up like of course like we're doing the hams and like the turkeys and all of that good type of stuff but like for myself i love a rustic stew with like a bunch of kale and potatoes and lemon and just like extra virgin olive oil, a little bit of white beans in there, and a nice. I wonder stop. your Crohn's disease is gone. You're describing something that's full of like healthy yeah. fibers <laughs> and healthy fats and, and vitamins and like you know antioxidants and stuff. Yeah. I'm just saying, and it tastes good too. So and yeah. it does taste pretty good. <laughs> and well, with that like that lemon stew you're talking about, would you uh, look for a, a like a more of a terpene uh, like the limon? Uh, so uh, yes, you're right. Yeah. On it. So I would use something that's very high in limonene. Nice. And just drizzle that right on top with a little bit of like my seasoning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then you'll be feeling good all day. I know, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm just on it. Yeah. <laughs> I think people underestimate, like, actually, like, you know, we're coming from the '60s culture of like making brownies to like, um, oh, well, you like barbecue, so. Uh, you're going to smoke it. Why don't you use this earthy uh, canvas tone, you know, which I've learned a lot from Bon Appetit, where I was like watching it going, oh, I didn't know you could do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I just think it's great what you're doing. It's kind of like a, a scientist in a, in a uh, you know. Mad scientist. Yeah. <laughs> Mad lab chef. Seriously. That's what I call it. That's what I call my kitchen, the lab. <laughs> and what do you have cooking in the lab then for 2020? What's your plans? Oh, so a lot of online. We're doing a lot of online cooking classes. Um, some people who cannot get to the um, East Coast, Washington, D.C., you know, so a lot of the online, breaking that down into nuggets, like decarbing, de- decarboxylation. I play within a certain range. I dose within a certain range for very specific reasons, you know, and because I do have Crohn's disease and with like a large number of people suffering over a gastrointestinal issue, I do feel as though that a lot of people can... Um, 
get rid of stress, anxiety, insomnia, a lot of the low hanging issues, if they understand how to do strand alignment and food, like we just discussed earlier. So really just bringing that online, letting people know what that's about, and then really getting those products out there. Awesome. Don't forget to give them certificates and awards that they can put up behind them in their in their own chef uh, yeah. or their own kitchens. So that's something that is like big in the, the legal industry are these continuing educations and uh, how much, you know, so you're going to be a, a knowledgeable bud tender. You know, because they want you to act to a certain extent like a sommelier when the customers walk in so that you can walk them through whatever particular type of user experience they would like to have with the plant. And and to do that, there's all sorts of things that you could quiz your employees on and educate them about the plant because it's got a lot like, you know. For example, all the terpenes, you could have them learn all those or the cannabinoids. And that was one of the comments that was actually uh, right here with the well, uh, there he is. So uh, he said, you know, the THC and the CBD are inhibitors. That's kind of true. You know, they uh, they're antagonistic. And so we were talking about the balance of the two. And the reason why, when you put them together like that, you don't necessarily have any of the the problems of like having like way too much THC. Mm-hmm. And so those people and those horror stories that you hear usually of edibles, those are people that were too exposed to too much THC. Mm-hmm. And it would have been really helpful if whomever was there watching them freak the heck out while still being fairly safe, you know, just they're mostly scared. Uh, just could have given them some like a CBD joint, just like here is industrial hemp, mm-hmm. have a few puffs of this. And yeah. they would have been like, okay, which is yeah. it's fascinating that there's a plant out there that has those type of antagonistic properties. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also black pepper helps as well. There's mm-hmm. cinnamon. Yeah, but isn't the black pepper, I thought that was with the beta-caryophene as well. I mean, mm-hmm, that's uh, exactly. one of the terpenes that's there. Interesting. And smelling yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And smelling it, grinding it up and smelling it when you're having a horrible trip. That also helps mm-hmm. if you don't have CBD. Well, neglect the entourage effect itself, too. I mean, that's just pretty much what you're experiencing, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which I think you know, back in the day, it just made them sound like, you know, all they wanted to do was get high and then go insane and listen to jazz music or Jerry Garcia. Who knew that they were actually doing stuff healthy for them? <laughs> and it's still not a bad day. I'm just saying I would rather spend my day smoking weed and not doing shit, but whatever. <laughs> well, you know, if you're on vacation, you got nothing to do. Why not? <laughs> right, right. It's about that time. Chef Jazz, thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. How do we find you out there? Yeah, definitely. So everywhere, Green Panther Chef on the um, the East Coast, Washington, D.C. So on Instagram, Green Panther Chef. Green Facebook, Panther Chef. Exactly. Green Panther Chef. So Awesome. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. As always, make sure you like and subscribe to keep up with all cannabis legalization news. We'll see you next week. All right. Take care. Peace.